That's okay, go ahead, play it. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear that song? Christmas, <laughs> peanuts. You remember that animosity that Lucy and Charlie Brown have with each other? She's always like antagonizing him. And in this, she says, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. At this time of year, I think we should put aside all our differences and try to be kind. And he says, why does it have to be for just this time of year? Why can't it be all year round? And she says, what are you, nuts? All year round? Are you a fanatic? <laughs> we don't think of peace, that peace can happen all year round. So what do you think at Christmas the word is that we think of the most? Peace. I mean, isn't it, we, it peace on earth? goodwill toward men. There is this deep longing in every human being to have peace. Have you ever heard yourself say, can't we just have some peace around here? Well, let's look at what the prophet Isaiah says. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. Well, all I want for Christmas is peace. Wouldn't it be great to live in that kind of world? that the prophet Isaiah was talking about where there's no hurt, where people aren't hurting each other or talking about someone else behind their back or betraying someone. Or uh, Wouldn't it be great to be in, in that kind of a world? Wouldn't it be awesome even to be that kind of person? I don't know about you, but sometimes I say things and I say, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You know, and it'd be great to be the kind of person that could live that peace out in our words and our actions. And wouldn't it be nice if we lived in that kind of home? Have, I heard somebody chuckle when I said, wouldn't it be nice? Have you ever heard yourself say, can't we just have some peace around here? Can't we all just get along? Wouldn't it be great to live in that kind of home, in that kind of neighborhood, in that kind of city, in that kind of world? A world that understands and experiences peace all year long. All of us long for peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to everybody. And we sing Christmas carols about that. We sing about it. We read about it. We read about the promise of peace from the Christmas story. But you know, that could easily sound like um, a fantasy, like a lifetime movie. Have you ever watched one of those? It's like <laughs> all of the men are looking at their wives going. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you watch that in a couple of hours, there's all kinds of turmoil, and then it turns into like a chainsaw massacre, and then it all turns out, and everybody lives happily ever. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> It'd be great. There's just so much hurt. There's so much betrayal. In this world, there's destruction, 
There's wars, there's rumors of wars. Even the Bible says that it will always be that way. There's just so little peace. And it's almost like this illusion that we hope for peace. Is that all that we have? Just a hope for peace? Peace is only a hope, really, in Bethlehem. We were singing that song, and it's such a sweet little story that says, oh, he was born in Bethlehem. But if you read the news, if you believe anything in the news, which you can't believe a whole lot in the news, but if you do know, I get this uh, letter from the time I went uh, to Israel. I get a letter from, it's not publicized a whole lot, but it's right from within Israel. It's from Tel Aviv, and, and I read about it. And, and in, in Israel now, it's ramping up again because there's going to be some conflict over the Temple Mount. And we traveled over into Bethlehem, and it really wasn't all that pleasant there. And, and uh, if you look at what's happening in Bethlehem, it's Palestinian territory, and there's just always kind of this contention that's going on. And I doubt if we'd really want to spend a whole lot of time in Bethlehem this Christmas season. Yet, the perfect Prince of Peace landed there. Peace this Christmas is really a fading hope in Syria. Boy, if we look at what's going on there in Iraq, in Ukraine... I traveled to Ukraine about a year and a half ago, and I was talking to Walt, one of my teammates, and he has a friend that lives there in Ukraine, and he's sending a box of, of goodies to her uh, in Ukraine. And, and I said, how's she doing? Because she was our guide when we were there. And he said, well, you know, she's got a young son. They don't have any heat. She doesn't have much money. You know, and probably she just has the illusion of some hope for peace, because it doesn't seem very peaceful to her. And if you look in northern Nigeria, we travel over there, and, and our heartbeat is for Nigeria. And I just saw on the news again, once again, girls have been stolen, and uh, there, there seems to be no peace. There's war-torn places all over the world, and it seems like peace is only a hope, only an illusion for those that have lost loved ones to ISIS. Is that what peace and Christmas is all about. Is it just a hope? Is that all we have? You know, peace may only be a hope in some of the homes that are represented here today. You know, you just, you just wish for, you just hope. It's reported, what, the day after Thanksgiving is the busiest day for what? Shopping, yes. Uh, now, do you know what the busiest thing that's done after the, the day after New Year's? Yeah, I, those are the answers that I've heard in every service. Divorcing. Divorcing. Because you don't want to do that over Christmas holiday because I just want to keep the peace and then lay the bomb right after it goes on. You know, we had a, a Doberman. We loved that dog, and she got bone cancer in one of her legs. And it happened at Christmas time, and they said, we're either going to have to take her leg off or we're going to have to put her down. And we said, it is Christmas time. We are not doing anything right now. We just want a little bit of peace through this time, and we all long for this peace. But is peace only a hope in homes where husbands and wives are fighting like, like cats and dogs, and, and we yell and curse at one another, and people that at one point in their life said, I love you, sweetheart, are now like destroying each other? You know, what, 
What does it come to? Is peace only a hope for children in those homes that are up in the bedroom and listening to their parents gripe and complain and fight with each other? Is it only a hope, only an illusion for them? Is peace at Christmas only a hope in our personal lives where tension and stress are causing migraines and ulcers and heart attacks? where anger is just kind of spewed out onto children and spouses over nothing. Really, it's because things aren't going my way. Isn't that what we humans do? Is it, is it just an illusion? Longfellow wrote this. He wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And then he goes on to say, in despair... I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, but hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward man. That's bleak, isn't it? That's depressing. What in the world has happened to humanity? You know, we're the only one of God's creations that murders and tortures our own. What's wrong with this, that we create mass weapons of destruction and husbands and wives um, yell and, and, and are fighting? And what's gone wrong with the mom? And we look at the news and we see what happened in Australia. What, what's gone wrong with a mom or a dad that emotionally or sexually or physically abuses their own children? Dear God. What's happened, we have to ask. Why is peace so elusive? What you're about to see is true. And I I would like for you to allow yourself like I did, because every time I watch this, it just really moves me and touches my heart. Just allow yourself to feel what peace is like when enemies lay down their tools of destruction against each other. And just for a moment... There's peace.
My name is Jim. My name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut mich. Rose, she's called. Um, schön, um, schön. is possible. But we humans, we just have those moments. And our tendency is to pick those weapons right back up. So what's the answer? What is this Christmas story? What does it mean? You know, peace really is not so far away when there's grace and mercy and forgiveness, when we can find that in our own heart. And Buddy's going to challenge us in that way. Why is it that we can't have peace throughout the year? Why is it only at Christmas time? Why is it only after the uh, Redskins beat the Eagles can we have peace between Dallas fans? If y'all want to get up and give us a standing ovation for that win yesterday. But anyway, I had to get that in somewhere this weekend. The reason we can't have peace is because we're all deeply flawed. We're all sinners. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the, God, the glory of God. And because of that, we hurt each other. We betray each other. And we destroy one another. But God sent his son, Jesus, the prince of peace, who says, I have come to bring you peace, to teach you to walk in the way of peace. I have come to teach you what you need to learn most to be a person of peace. Well, where does peace begin? Right where it always begins. It begins here with me, and it begins with you. It, it begins with the Prince of Peace living within us. So if the Prince of Peace doesn't live in me, and if the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, doesn't live in you, where in the world is peace going to come from? It certainly doesn't come from within me. And it doesn't come from within you. I mean, if there were somehow we could make that happen, don't you think that as much as we crave peace, we would 
live in peace? You see, it begins with the Prince of Peace living within us. So if the Prince of Peace doesn't live in me, where is it going to come from? See, it certainly doesn't come from any of us. You see, when the Prince of Peace comes and lives within us, when the goodness of Jesus Christ lives in us, we have the power and the ability and the person living in us not to hurt or to harm or to betray another person. We can't do it on our own. The Bible says in Isaiah, they know me, they shall all know me on my holy mountain. And when all people know me, they shall not hurt or harm or injure one another. There's a day coming. There's a day coming when there shall be no hurt or harm or injuring of each other. You see, the fact that the fact is we can be a churchy person. We can go to church every Sunday, not miss a Sunday. You can volunteer in every ministry opportunity you can have. You can feed the homeless. You can be in a small group. You can go on a mission trip. You can tithe and give above and beyond. You can give a big year-end gift. You can study the cover off the Bible, and you can pray until your knees bleed. But the only way to experience the peace of Christmas is through the Spirit of Jesus Christ that lives in us when we invite him to live within us. It's only through the Spirit of Christ and God's peace living inside of you and inside of me. You see, when Christ lives in you and he lives in me, we no longer want to hurt. We no longer want to betray. We no longer want to injure anyone. If we do, we make it right. And, and, and if we're hurt and we're betrayed and we're injured, we don't want to get back, and if we do, we want to make it right because the Holy Spirit reminds us that we've injured or we've hurt or we've betrayed someone, and we have the power living in us to have victory over that. You see, we, we all long for peace, peace in our homes, peace in our community, peace in our world. We all crave and long for peace, but it's hard to find. But the reality is we can't manufacture it. We can't, we can't willpower it. Because our tendency as humans is to pick up the weapons once again and to begin to injure and harm and betray one another. We can get a lot of things this Christmas, and you probably will. But if we don't have peace, we're never going to experience Christmas the way that God intended for, intended for us to experience Christmas. You see, we'll look for Christmas in all the gifts and all the parties and all the gatherings, and, and if that's all we expect out of Christmas, then we're living way below what God meant for us to live when he sent his son Jesus Christ on that first Christmas morn. If we don't have peace, true peace living, if we... We'll get a lot of things, but if we don't have peace, we're never going to experience the true peace of Christmas in our world and in our community, in our church, in our homes, and in our personal lives. You see, true peace will not dull our pain. You see, a person who has genuine godly peace can endure pain, can endure hardship, can endure 
betrayal and difficulty and still have an inner peace that surpasses all understanding. And when someone looks at their life, they say, wow, with all that happening in your life, where is, how can you have peace? And you can't even explain it because you don't understand it yourself. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's that prince of peace that lives within us. You see, we can have that peace because it does not come from everything going our way and having pleasing circumstances. It doesn't come from nice, fuzzy, warm events or nice over-the-top Christmas parties or all the good things that, that we may receive under the tree or all the good things that others may do for us or say about us. Instead, peace is based on the fact that the spirit of our holy, omnipotent, all-powerful, ever-knowing, never-changing God through his son Jesus Christ lives within us. You see, having peace all year long doesn't mean you'll never experience the effects of hurt and betrayal and harm that rages all around us. But his peace, the peace that Jesus gives is complete. It's adequate. It's sufficient for anything that we face in life. So I want to give you four keys real quick to experience the peace of God, the peace of Christmas throughout the year. First, receive God's forgiveness. Recognize that we're all sinners. We have all fallen, fell, all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that if we admit that we have sinned, if we confess our sins, the Bible says he is faithful and just. And what that means is that if God says it, it's got to happen or he's a liar. And th therefore, he's no longer just. The Bible says if we admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and he will purify us. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, peace with God through his son Jesus Christ is the foundation for peace in every area of our lives. It's the foundation of peace in every area of our lives. As we said earlier, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and it's only through a relationship with him that we'll ever experience the peace of Christmas all year long. The path to peace begins with repentance. The path to peace begins when we recognize, oh man, I am a sinner. I have rebelled against God. I've turned my back on him and we're sorry and we turn our back and we go in an opposite direction. We say, I'm no longer going to live that way. I'm going to repent. I'm going to seek God's forgiveness. And then the Bible says we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the foundation for peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. Next, we need to focus on God. We need to focus on God. The Bible says perfect peace comes when you focus your mind on God. You see, a mind focused on the flesh, the Bible says, is doomed to death, but a mind focused on the spirit will have full life and complete peace. You, and when we want to focus our mind on the Spirit, that means we'll have to discipline ourselves 
to meditate on the presence of God. You realize that God says that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will be there and be our helper in time of need. In Psalms 139, it says we, we cannot flee from the presence of God. And the psalmist said, if I go up to the heavens, he is there. If I go to the depths of hell, he is there. If I lay down at night, he is there. When I rise in the morning, his presence is there. And we have to discipline ourselves to focus on God's presence in our lives. You know, I have a little storm going on yesterday in my mind, and, and, and all day long I had to live out my message, and I began to focus on the presence of God, realizing that God is present, that he is there, he's never going to leave me. And, I, and the more I walked around the church and prayed, and the more I practiced being in God's presence, I got to tell you, the smaller my problem became and the bigger God became. You see, when we focus on the problem, the problem gets bigger. And whatever we focus on in our life gets bigger, but we focus on God. God becomes bigger than our problems. And we need to discipline ourselves to focus on him. Next, we need to trust him. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean under your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't do what the culture dictates to do when we're looking for peace. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, we don't have to worry about the direction that life goes. You never have to worry about God leading, leading you down the wrong path when we trust him. We don't have to worry that we took the wrong turn or we made the wrong turn in the road. We don't have to be concerned about his timing. I've learned in my life that God is seldom early in providing what we need, but he is never, never late. He sometimes uses our troubles, our pains, and the hurts that we experience to guide us along life's journey and to show more of himself to us. Finally, meditate on his word. You see, great peace have those, the Bible says, who love your law. The psalmist said, the great peace comes to those who love the word of God. And nothing can make them stumble. Now, those who love God's word, the Bible is telling us, will have great peace. And I say to you today, the most precious material possession that we can have in our possession today is the Bible. If you have a Bible, you have the greatest you own the greatest piece of material possession that you can own is a Bible. You know, I, I go to, I remember the first time I went to Nigeria and I, and, I, and, I, and I would say to people, do you have a Bible? And they say, I don't have a Bible, but I'd love to have a Bible. And the, one of the gifts that we gave, if you completed the course, was a brand new leather bound Bible. And these guys and these ladies that didn't have a Bible would sleep on a concrete floor for three nights so that they could complete that course. So at the end of that course, they could own a Bible because they realized that that was life, that that was the Word of God, and they loved the Word of God. And if we're going to learn to love the Word of God, we got to learn to read the Word of God. we got to take time and invest ourselves into the Word of God. I can remember handing those Bibles, and, and the, the, their eyes just lit up. And, and I saw other people with Bibles, and they had them duct taped, and they were holding on to them. Because, see, they understood the, how precious the Word of God was. And we got them stocked on our shelves, and we hardly take them off the shelf. And yet it's the most precious possession that we can own. And if we're believers, we need to learn to love 
the Word of God. And when we learn to, we read it daily and we begin to, we begin to live out the promises of God and put our trust in the Word of God, you'll begin to believe it and, and, and you'll begin to do what it says and, and it will guide you and it will become an anchor in your life. You see, the Bible is full of promises that you can count on. They, those are promises that you can count on, many of which include giving us peace. Know that he will, God will always honor his promises. If God said it, it's true. You can count on it. So in closing, here's what I just need to say. I hope you get everything you want for Christmas. And I'm glad I don't have to buy it for you. But I hope you get everything you want. It may be a material possession. It may be a relationship. It may be healing. It may be peace. Whatever it may be. But you know, among the huge amounts of food that we'll have and the, all the cookies and cake and all those uh, snacks that we'll have and all those gifts and parties and waiting in line in the last couple of days and sitting in traffic and in the midst of any heartache or loneliness and pain that you might be face, facing this Christmas season, we pray that we would all remember to grab hold of the peace of God that transcends all of our understanding. the peace that only Jesus can bring. Let's make Jesus the reason for this season and the reason for our peace. Remember, peace has come, and that peace is ours, and that peace is Jesus. His name is Jesus.